0: Log Talk Radio. On Tuesday nights, all we do is sports talk Atlanta. Tune in at 8 p.m. Eastern Time with hosts Travis McGee and Jamel Johnson. And, by the way, we talk HBCU first. Then, we get you ready for all the sports news of the week around the world. We can't wait for you to stop by Never It So Good Sports Radio for the best sports show in America
1: on Tuesday night. Let's go! Good evening, this is Sports Talk Atlanta on the Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network and Radio. I am your host, Travis McGee, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Jamel Johnson. Jamel, how are you tonight, sir? I'm doing great, Travis. How are you tonight? I'm doing outstanding, man. It's been another outstanding week of sports in America. And a matter of fact, a few minutes ago, Mr. Joel M.B., is the 2023... NBA MVP, how about that, uh, Jamel? It was really good. I mean,
0: Joel Embiid had one of the best seasons a big man a big man could ever have. Uh, I mean, we've seen now for three years now uh, in a row a big man has won MVP two years in a row. Nikola Jokic and he was the uh, he was a front runner during this season as well, uh, but he finishes runner up. And then we have Joel Embiid now, so that just tells you how good the league is in terms of big men, how big men are evolving, how they're able to space the floor, uh, score all types of different ways, and play defense at the same time. So congratulations to, jo- to Joel, and B, he had an outstanding season. And the Philadelphia 76ers are on their way to potentially winning a uh, championship this year.
1: Hey, man, they're on their way, like you said, potentially to win the championship this year. It looks very good. Uh, Joel did not play last night in the game. I think Mr. Harden, James Harden, took up where he left off because James Harden hit 45 points in the big win for the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Now, um, I am a man. I've always been all my life. uh, I was raised in a military town. Um, Fort Benning is connected to Columbus, Georgia, you know, and Fort Benning happens to be one of the largest Army bases in the world. Well, most of my a lot of, some of my coaches, a lot of them were um uh, uh military men. When it comes to being in shape, man, I always look at everything, the whole you know, and it takes a great mind to build a great body. So I say all of that to say not only do I love LeBron James and his work ethics, I love Jerry Rice when he was planning his work ethics uh to stay in shape and uh, you know, to keep injuries down at the same time, but Stay in tip-top shape, man. I give Joel and B a lot of credit for that because when he first came in, he moved slow. He was a slow mover. There was another guy that was with the uh, Indiana Pacers, last name Hibbert. He never did come around like I wanted him to, but he was a he was a good center too, seven foot one, one maybe two, seven foot two, and he never did come around. So I've seen Joel B these last three, four years, man, just really come into play. And the 76ers brought him along very well, wouldn't you say, uh, uh, Jamel?
0: I think they did. I mean, they were – the 76ers have been a very integral part in Joel Embiid's process of becoming one of the better players in the league. Yeah. Like you said, yeah. when he came in the league, he was not that good in terms of – you know, being able to be a dominant big, he was
1: right better. Right,
0: he 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 right. was pretty good at scoring, but he did get very very efficient. He averaged, I think, twenty points his uh, his rookie year, rookie season, and then over the years, he's just been increasingly getting better and better and better. And now he averaged thirty three points a game this year. That's very right. very impressive, especially for a big man at that. You know I mean, when you think of big man, a lot of the times they aren't the center of the offense, and Joel Embiid is the center of the offense, and that's something that we've seen over the years with Giannis, with Nikola Jokic now. They're, they're becoming the center of the offense, and the, the teams are running the ball through them. And what the Philadelphia 76ers did was they drafted them, and they said, you know what, we want you to be the star player. And they built around them. They, they, they've been building teams and teams around them, and they've consistently been able to compete for a championship haven't been able to get there yet. I have the feeling this year that they're very, very close this year uh, with how they're playing. But like like you said, I mean, with Joel Embiid, he just got better and better and better each year. And this, he finally got over the hump. And now he, I mean, he is the best, or uh, a lot of people consider him the best player. Now he has the stamp of approval uh, with getting that MVP award.
1: Hey, man, a, a big man, what'd you say? Averaging 33 points a game. And those 33 points or more, or less, but averaging 33 points a game, they did not give those to him. He worked hard for that, uh, Jamel.
0: He did. He worked very well. I mean, he 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 earned every single bucket that he goes out there and gets. I mean, a lot of his his game is down low in the post. He has a really good. Uh, he is really good in the post. I mean, when he, you get him in the post, seven feet. I mean, he's 200, almost 300 pounds, 280 pounds to be exact. When you get him in the post. It is really, really no stopping him. It doesn't matter if you double-team him, triple-team him. That's that's his game, and that's what they want to run through is the post game. Right. When when you have him in the post like that, that's when yep. you're getting people doubling him, and that's when you're getting a lot of open threes because all you're going to do is just swing it to the open guy. He's going to swing it to Tobias Harris. He's going to swing it to James Harden, or he's just going to run through that double team and then score anyway. And then another thing is he's really – Really good at getting to the free throw line, he's very efficient at getting to the free throw line. A lot of his points do come from that that area, and he's able to get to the free throw line, get a lot of and ones, And he's, I mean, he's averaging 85 percent free throw percentage um, at the line. So that's that's really his game is where he lives inside that painted area and outside that painted area. He has a really good mid range too, and he can shoot that three point uh, shot as well, shooting shooting around 33 percent. So, uh, I mean, with with Joel indeed he. Obviously, is the best big in the league at. I mean, this year, and I mean, you can argue that over the years, uh, these past two or three, he's been the best big in the in the league. Still, we have obviously Nikola Jokic, who has a really, really well-rounded game. Uh, but after Joel Embiid came second last year, I think he kind of took that personally. You know, and he had a really, really good, uh, a good season last year. But his defense is really. Good too, because he's averaging a block and a steal a game. And um, when we talk about a big man averaging a steal a game, I mean that, that's yeah. that's pretty rare. Um, you know, you get big men averaging blocks uh, a lot because everybody coming to the paint trying to lay it up on them. And then when you've got seven feet, seven three, you know, bigs in the paint, they're going to be able to swap that down uh, if they're very skilled. But steals, a lot of big men struggle with struggle with steals, and he's averaging steal a game. So I mean, that's that's pretty good and I mean, he he evolved that part of his game overtime, too, because he wasn't that big, and he wasn't able to hold his weight down low uh, when he first came in the league, but he bulked up, was able to learn how to block shots, was able to learn how to steal the ball, um, and rebound, and that's that's probably, uh, I feel like, one of the strongest suits, or his strong suit uh, in his game right now.
1: Hey, man, what you just said just summed it up, man. Summed it up, but again, I'm always looking for strength. I'm, and that's why I used to love Shaq so much because he was so strong in the paint. But I, I'm always looking for strength. I'm always looking for longevity, man. You know, uh, uh, how long can you work? You know, I, and Joe L and B just impressed me from the first day he came in on the court. But right now, it was always progress in strength in his body structure in everything man. I mean because his first year me looking at him, I didn't think he was gonna make it this far. I did not yeah. because I was, but but I did in the gym and works hard. He can do anything he wants to. And and you know, that's what I love about um uh 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 Kenny Smith on T N T that's what I yeah. love about it. He's, he talks about that from time to time. You get in shape to play basketball. You don't play basketball to get in shape. makes no yeah. sense. So, you know, and that's exactly what he did. And I'm, I, I, my last point before we get into our HBCU sports news and updates, which is our brand on this show, um, that's what makes me really, really, really ticked off at the Pelicans with Zion Williamson. It, makes, yeah. it just gets up under my for you to just let him go like that. You know, and, yeah. and he just has no self-guidance at all, man. None. And, that, yeah. and this six nine, six ten 6'10", uh, phenom coming out of high school and college, he gets to the pros, and, and you know, he looks like me. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't doesn't look like a pro athlete. And, you know, just the trainers, the organization, man, you let him, I I can't believe they let him get that way. Yeah. Yes, they let him get that way because he's so young, and and when you saw it going south, you should have stepped in and said, no, we're not going to do that. we put too much time and money into you. You're going to do this, 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 and this, 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 and this until you get back to where you, we want you to be. Game is just that, you know, he needs to be there mentally. Yeah. I mean, oh, man. W- wouldn't you say so, Jamal?
0: Yeah, I mean, so many players in today's NBA, they want to rely mainly on their raw talent because it has got them this far. And because right. I mean, if Zion Williamson has been doing, he's doing this now in the in the league in the NBA. He had to be doing it in high school. He had to be doing it in college. He had to be eating this way. He had to be not working out. He had to be doing these type of things in college, in uh, high school right. as well. He's one of the lower levels of basketball. But when he right. gets to the NBA, now it's starting to affect him because you're playing 82 games in a season, and obviously with low management stuff factored in there, sometimes teams, a lot of the times, teams don't let their star players play all 82 games because they want them fresh for the playoffs uh, and everything like that. But when you look at Zion Williamson, it's affecting him now because there's so many games in the league and the NBA is so fast-paced. So he can't do – he can't go about his normal regimen and his normal routine like he had been doing in college in the NBA. and That's what's affecting him the most, and the Pelicans – are seeing that, but I don't really think they have. They know even how to – the first steps to try to combat this kind of problem that Zion Williamson has had. It's a big problem because he's not there for them to be able to be able to be, become that contender that they want. I mean, when you look at that team, they have Brandon Ingram uh, – uh, what's his name? I uh, forgot his name. Uh, the guy who came from Portland and went to uh, – dang, why is it, why is it Dave – but uh oh, CJ McCollum CJ McCollum yeah we got Brandon Ingram CJ McCollum Josh Hart uh, Jose Alvarado they have they have a really really good team and i mean these are some of the top players in the west at that um obviously right. the west is really stacked the rest is, the west is really really stacked it has a lot of good talent but when you look at this team alone especially after the CJ McCollum trade last year we were looking at this team at potentially making a a deep run in the playoffs this year Especially with Zion Williamson added into that, Zion Williamson was not able to play a lot this year, and because of that, they were in the play-in, and he didn't even he wasn't even playing in the play-in. He they were in the play-in, and then they lost, and then they lost to I believe they lost to with the OKC, and then OKC ended up losing as well. Uh, but they lost in the first round, and then they ended up losing. Or they they ended up you know being out of the playoffs, and well, that was a really Really disappointing uh that was really disappointing season for them because they had such high hopes going into that, so it's just I feel like with Zion Williamson it's because of his regimen and it's because that the the pelicans don't they either don't know how to combat it or they don't have the resources to even combat it, which I doubt because I mean they're an n b a team they have to have well well trained uh trainers. Uh, they have to have people that know that they have to have workout uh, people, uh, you know, workout head people uh, to go in and help them work out and tell them to the exercise, to work out, tell them what to eat, tell them what to eat right and everything. Um, so, you know, it, it's very unfortunate because we would love to see Zion Williamson out there uh, competing in helping the Pelicans, Pelicans win. But, you know, we can't get that right now. And it's unfortunate if we're, I don't know if we're ever going to see it at this point because it's been so, we've seen so little of him in the league.
1: Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I really, really do. And I, I'm on your side with what you're saying. Teams have, uh, 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 you know, uh, I guess you could say trainers. They have trainers. And trainers, they pay those trainers very good money. Now, this is my thing. I talk with the best on this earth when it comes to athletes and their workouts. Kobe Bryant, man, put a dog on weight room in his house, okay? Yeah. Are you hearing me? Yeah. He put a weight room, so that's taking away all these excuses for him. See, I I love it when I see an athlete no matter what the sport is. Tiger Woods start lifting weights so he could hit the ball longer than his opponent in his heyday, okay? That's golf. You know golf doesn't have no weight training as far as weights is concerned, but when you put that mind to use and you put it to use to good, it's always going to be some good stuff. I'm going to go back to Joe Embiid. I'm making a point here. Hey, man, what about that boy, Derek Henry? It's some guys that say, man, when he when he's running the ball, it looks like a defensive end with the ball yeah. because he's built his body up like that, you know? Jerry Rice. Yeah. He, he ran... California mountains, man, in the offseason. Reggie White was one of the strongest people on the in the NFL history. And there's a lot more. Some play offensive line for the Dallas Cowboys. Man, I've watched baseball players in the offseason. Uh, and my last, okay, LeBron James is a world-class athlete because he takes care of his body to the point, man, you can't say nothing. There's nothing you can say about him, okay? My last one and my favorite one, but my last one, is when I heard that Michael Jordan was selling his weight, I knew it was over. I knew it was over. I was like, well, that's it. This is going to be the last year. I had got word that, you know, that Michael Jordan's selling his weight. He brought his weights to his home. Man, you got to do stuff. You got to work hard. And I watched them be – Come around, and I and I look at every athlete, every one of them from top to bottom. Thirty-two teams in the NBA, thirty-two teams in the NFL, thirty-plus teams in the Major League Baseball, hockey is it's okay. I'll keep up with it, but you know tennis. I want to see what you're doing to better yourself physically, because again, it takes a good mind to build a good body and that means oh i don't feel like going to practice today oh i really don't feel like lifting today oh i re- you've been through that jamel when you were playing am i correct yeah yeah especially i mean when every, when
0: you're yeah when when, when you don't want to do it you and you like go do it. it when you, you do don't it want to way. yeah when you don't want to do it and you go do it that's what separates the good players between
1: the the average and mediocre players there you go there you go there, that's what I'm getting at right there, man, with Zion Williamson. Well, we have a man by the name of Joel Embiid who took upon himself to go out and make himself better. Hey, Amen. Another one, that, that, that quarterback with Buffalo Bills. I am not a fan of his. I never have been. But his work ethic got him to where he is, and I respect him wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. Because he yeah. went out one summer and got better because the Buffalo Bills were ready to get rid of him. And now they can't do without him. Yeah. (laughs) Now they can't do without him, man. And, And there's others that I'm not naming, but at the same time, you know, again, shout out to Mr. Joel Embiid and his work ethic and his hard work paid off, man. I can't stand up and clap from him enough, enough. Because I, 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 another one is uh, James Harden. He works out hard in the uh, off season, man, and it shows. It's always going to show itself uh, with these athletes, man, when they, you know, go out and try to make themselves better. And I really, really love that. Um, we got off track, man. I got excited for Joel Embiid, and I got excited because I've seen him work over these last years to make himself better. And I want all of our listeners to know, man, please give a shout out. Mr. Joel Embiid and the 76ers the way they brought him along um, Another one, uh, the guy with the Knicks, the center, uh, they used to play with Kentucky
0: mm, um, Was it Mr. Robinson?
1: Uh, no uh, I guess power forward um,
0: Julius Randle
1: Yeah, yeah, him He said that Kobe Bryant told him how to, to lift
0: Mm. Uh, You learned from Kobe, I think.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Because, you know, he went to the Lakers. Yeah. And then he said that um, one time his family had come out there to Los Angeles, and he was going out, and Kobe saw him. And Kobe said, hey, man, where you going? He said, man, my family came out here. We're going out to eat and whatnot. He said, okay, man, but let this be the last time, because you got to put a lot of time into your body, man. That's why Kobe yeah. a bowling LA in his house. He put he put a lot of stuff in his house where he didn't have to leave. Yeah, you know. So, uh, I mean, so I, that is to be re- that is to be respected, uh, uh, J- uh, Jamel.
0: Yeah, I mean when I, I there's a documentary on uh YouTube. I mean not YouTube. It's on Netflix. It's called the Redeem Team, and it's about the I believe it was the 2008 2009 something. It, it was one of the the Olympic teams in the late 2000s. Um, and the the team was made up of Chris Bosh, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, made up of a lot of uh, high-caliber athletes during the time. And Kobe Bryant was a part of that team. Kobe Bryant wasn't actually a part of the first team, the original team um, that got chosen. But later um, they were losing to some of these international teams during these scrimmages, um, you know, during the – I mean, before the actual Olympics, a couple years before the Olympics, during the summer, the right, actual – yeah, oh, the actual team. Yeah, the yeah. team will get together and then they'll play some of these international teams to test their their skills um, and, you know, kind of qualify for the, for the Olympics. So during these, during these scrimmages, the team, the USA team, was actually losing some of the games. They were losing or they just, you know, they weren't playing that well. They might win, but they might be close. And they realized, you know, that we need some help uh, for this team. And they went out and recruited Kobe Bryant. And Kobe, Kobe came in, and he was – I mean, we watched the was a really good documentary, but Kobe came in. He was so locked in, focused, and he came in and really turned them, turned that team around. All of the players were talking about how, you know, they, they got up to – to when they, when they got up, they would eat breakfast, they would do this, they would do that, and they would go left, and that would be probably, you know, eleven, twelve o'clock when they went and go left. Kobe was up at 6, 7 o'clock in – the weight room lifting before anybody was awake, And one day I believe it was Carmelo Anthony, I think, I think was down there at that time. And then, you know, he saw him. And he was like, you know what you doing in here? And then Kobe was like, you know, I'm lifting, you know, I'm, I'm getting it in. And from that point on, everybody was coming into the gym, during the uh, for the olympics coming into the gym lifting at 6 7 o'clock in the morning and then they would go eat and do all their their extracurricular activities but that was the that was the mindset that kobe had and that was his influence because a lot of the younger players because he was playing with a, a lot of younger players at that time chris bosh Carmelo anthony believe really chris paul was on that team um uh, lebron james they were you know just entering the league or um, had been in the league for a couple of years during that time. They weren't seasoned veterans at that time, but Kobe was. Kobe had been in the league since 1996, and he knew, you know, he had already won, I believe, three championships at that point. He might have, he might have won his fourth already, but he had already won, I know, three championships at that point, and he knew what it took to be successful. And he, his influence paid off on those younger guys because none of them were even thinking about coming in at that time to lift or to work out or do anything were related to becoming better at basketball. But because Kobe did it and they saw their idol coming in there and doing it, they was like, you know what, I need to, I need to change my entire plan. And that's what they started doing. And all of them went on to have really, really outstanding careers, won multiple championships between all of them. Um, and, you know, I think it just shows you that if you're up earlier than everybody else and you're working on your craft, you're going to be better and you're going to succeed and you're going to get that spot on the team where you're going to start or you're going to, I mean, just in life, you're going to get that job. You're going to get that promotion because you're doing more. You're up early. You're up earlier than them. So, you know, everything, obviously everything is a competition, and especially basketball, especially sports. Everything is a competition. And, like, Joel Embiid, like Kobe Bryant, like LeBron James, like these players who have put in the work and the craft uh, to, to perfect their skills, they've had success at the highest level. They've won it. They've won MVPs. They've won NBA Finals. They won NBA Finals MVPs because all of the work that they put in early on. And it, it's, it's, I don't know if it's a thing with older players, or I mean, there's there's a lot of younger players, or you know, players now that aren't um, older, you know, or the older crowd of players yeah. that that yeah. understand it. There's a lot of there's, there's still a lot of players now that understand it, like Giannis, Joel, uh, Jokic, obviously, but. Yep. There was a theme. I feel like there was a theme with older players uh, like, you know, Jordan, Kobe, Elijah Wan, yep. Barkley. Yep. There was a thing with yep. them that they just knew that in order to win and in order to be successful, I had to do this. I had to, I had to go in and work. I had to go in wow. and work at 6, 7 o'clock in the morning. I had to be in the gym with nobody else. I had to be the first one in the gym, and I had to be the last one out. Uh, they just knew. It was just – it was like clockwork to them. But now – a lot of these players now, they're just banking on their, their talent. They know they're good at the game, but they are, they're not seeing the actual vision and the actual – they're not focusing on what the goal is because if you get in the NBA and, I mean, at any level, but especially in the NBA, your goal is to win a championship. You're not, you're not fighting for – to get recognized by scouts anymore. You're not fighting for recognition anymore. You're fighting for I want a championship, I want to win – and be the best yep. at my position. I want to be the best in the league. That's what you're fighting for. And I think a lot yeah. of these players will be excited at, especially with everything involved with, you know, people kind of being a little bit more lax, uh, you know, around everything, technology evolving, um, you know, a lot of stuff you could just watch. Through. You can get through your phone. You can get through the TV. So, I don't know. I think it's something with this new generation of players that's uh
1: that's uh, taking taking the focus away from the actual hard work that needs to be put in. Amen. Hey, man, hard work always pays off. It, ne- it, it never deviates. It always pays off. And like I said, um, I can talk with the best in this world when it comes to athletes and their workouts because I've seen a whole lot. Uh, you know, I- I've just seen it, man. I've seen it. I know what it takes. I- I- I've been down that road. I used to be a power lifter, man. And I know what it's like to squats and bench press and do it. And, 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 again, like you just said, I'm so glad you brought that point up about that Olympic team because it's contagious. When you see your teammates working hard like that, you're going to want to get out there and work hard. You know? Exactly. You're gonna do it. Yeah, you're going to want to do it. You see me getting up at 630, man. I'm on, I'm in the gym at seven. You're gonna get up at six fifteen, six thirty, and you're gonna be you're gonna meet me in the gym, man. Let's go out there and beat this team. That's another thing with, with Joel Embiid, man, about him being a big man like the Atlanta Hawks. This is just, Jamel, we have just completely gone off the grid tonight, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's, it's really good conversation, though. It's really
1: good. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, that's one thing that gets me about uh, the Atlanta Hawks. I've seen Moses Malone play for them. I've seen Tree Rollins play for them. You might not know who they are, but they were very big, big big-time centers. Centers. They were bona fide centers. And since then, I haven't seen the Hawks with a bona fide center yet. They tried to make Al Horford a center, and he got beat down so bad he had to take the next year off because his body Hurt so bad. I watched that. I watched that. And yeah. what you see now the Horford man that come back when the Hawks beat him up, he they beat him up, beat him down because he's not a center. Yeah, you know, Joel Embiid is a real center. And man, like you said, come in that paint now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> come in that come in that paint now and see what happens. You know. Um, uh, uh, you you know his defense has got better, man, and and his footwork has gotten better. And, and don't get me wrong, man, he lost a little weight. Yeah, he lost a little weight. He lost, you know, he can't carry that weight for so long on that court. You know, after a while, man, uh, something's got to change. Either you go, you know, pass out, or you not, you not gonna get up the court and like you used to. So yeah, you know, I mean, he um, turned a he lot was, of it into muscle too. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and it shows, man. He looks better. He looks yeah. better, man. Hey, man, I, hey, man I, I'd love to see them go far in the playoffs. I would love that. I would love that, man. Um, the 7 sixers have been at this for a very long time. They've been at this for a long time, and You know, they almost got there a lot of years, you know, almost just not good enough anymore. You know, in in the in the the organization's eyes, they they they're almost not good enough anymore. Not good enough. Yeah, they're ready.
0: They're ready to win it. They're ready to win it now. Win it,
1: yeah, Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, uh, 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 switching gears. Just we're switching gears just a little bit. Lamar Jackson just signed to make to be the biggest, uh, the highest paid NFL player, and um, you know he's come a long way. Uh, uh, there's some more quarterbacks that 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 really 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 uh, deserve what they get as far as their work ethics. And I love what you said. I've been saying that for the last twenty or thirty years, man. There's a difference between a star and a superstar, and that and that off season makes you a superstar.
0: Yeah. It's that off season. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That I mean the especially i mean i mean lamar jackson the first his first year uh um, he didn't play much his first year, and when they well, came i mean when he came in they had a really they were six and one when he came in they they were i believe they were negative uh, or under five hundred with joe flacco uh obviously joe Flacco was Pretty good, pretty decent quarterback, um, and he led them to a Super Bowl in 2014 over the
1: 49ers. Right there, right there, right there, and I'm going to let you go. Pretty good at best. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: How in the world did he get a $100 million contract? Who does that? But he got it. He got got it, it. yeah. He got it. I don't know how, but he got it. But at best, he was pretty good. But keep going, Bess.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, like, like you said, at best. But then um, in 2018, obviously the age for Joe Flacco was starting to show. And then, you know, yeah. they were like, okay, well, we drafted, you know, the Heisman winner uh, from Louisville out of, yep. or for, you know, with Lamar Jackson. We got a really good quarterback here. We need to see what he's about. And he came in right. and he posted a 6-1 and one record, and then he led them to the playoffs. Obviously, they lost in the first round, but yep. he that him showing those flashes, it was like, okay, I need to go ahead and submit myself as the best quarterback in this league. That offseason between 2018 and 2019 was really, really pivotal for him, and he came back and he just blew up. You know, he blew up. Everybody was talking about Lamar Jackson because he was hearing all the reports like, you know, Lamar Jackson is a running back. He can't throw the ball. He can't do this. He can't do that. He can't do all the things that an uh, actual quarterback can do. We know he can run the ball. He can run the ball really good. But what happens when you're down 14 uh, in the fourth quarter and you need to throw the ball? You know, that's what that's what everybody was wondering. What can Lamar Jackson do in crunch time when you absolutely have to throw the ball? You cannot keep it on the ground. He got – in the lab that off season, and he worked on his he worked on his throwing, worked on his motion, worked on his power, and he was able to throw thirty six touchdowns that next year instead of six his first year, he threw thirty six and then six yep. receptions. He
1: yeah.
0: he was dialed and made sure that nobody else called him a running back ever again. And that's that's what you have to do to be able to earn that contract that he wanted. He he earned that contract. He earned every bit of that contract that he wanted. Obviously, you know when during the off season, you want him to to give in a little bit because you want to see team. You want to see him still play. You want to see him with the Baltimore Ravens. You want to see them do those you no know, those things that we've seen them do uh, in the past with him these, these last couple of years. Be able to contend uh, in the AFC North. Be able to contend. For for NFL, for uh, for Super Bowl, but, right. you know, he needed to get his money. He needed to get paid because up until that point, I mean, I was, I was just like the, the Ravens were really not helping him out because, first of all, you're not, you don't want to pay him, and then second of all, you don't want to give him a receiver that's worth anything. I mean, they got him, Sammy Watkins, you know, they, they, he had uh, Hollywood Brown for a minute, uh, Marquise Brown, and well, Marquise Brown, he's, I believe, a wide receiver too at best. Uh, but he's also a smaller guy so you're not gonna uh you're not gonna throw those deep balls down. I mean he was really fast and you're not gonna throw those deep balls, those fifty fifty balls because now it's under the 10, you you're not gonna be able to go up and catch him. But you know, he had in for him and he had a thousand yard uh receiving uh, season. But in terms of having an actual good receiver, and uh, not not taken away from Watkins or or Hollywood Brown, but having a receiver that you know is going to be your number one guy every year, game in, game out, they didn't get that for him until they got Odell Beckham. Um, and when they saw, I believe, when they saw that, you know, Lamar Jackson's not playing around with us anymore, let's go ahead and go out and get him a receiver that we know he's going to be able to throw to, and we know he's going to be, him Him and the, that receiver are going to have some chemistry because, I mean, he's had Mark Andrews for a couple of years now. That duo was really good, but you know what happens when Mark Andrews covered. You got to have a second, third option, um, and right. now they have that second option for, with Odell. Odell, you know, won a Super Bowl with the Rams two a, a years ago, and he, or about a year ago, uh, but two seasons ago, but he was able to. A lot of people were doubting Odell, and then when he went from the Browns to the Rams, completely revived his career. Um, obviously, still struggled with injuries, injuring his, his ACL in that Super Bowl game. But he was a really, really good part of that of that playoff run, and he revived his career so much that the Baltimore Ravens were like, okay, you know, I think we could bring him in and create a duo with with Lamar Jackson and Odell. So that was the first thing that I was just like, you know, you don't want to pay him, but you also don't want to get him a star receiver that he's going to be able to go and throw to, because up to that point, he had been putting up these numbers without a receiver without a good receiver, you know, an uh, actual number one receiver in the NFL, uh, one of one of these top receivers. Now he has one. And I feel like that kind of influenced his decision to go ahead and come back to Baltimore because I really thought he was done. I, was, I did not think he was going to come back uh, mm-hmm. to Baltimore. And I really thought he might sit out this next season because um, when he declared that he wanted to trade, nobody really was saying that they were going to come and get him. Uh, nobody was really saying that they were going to trade for him because they just thought he was worth too much money and they didn't want to pay that. You know, a lot of the the teams in the league that needed a quarterback did not come out and say or they came out and said that they weren't, you know, pursuing Lamar Jackson. And it was really it was really shocking because I'm like, this Lamar Jackson top 3 quarterback I think in the league when he's healthy. So, you know, that 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 was just really unfortunate, but you know, that that signing of Odell I think really helped his decision. Um, and I think we're going to see see a really good team
1: with the Baltimore Ravens next year. Yeah, the general manager for the Baltimore Ravens that retired, and 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 then we'll get off Lamar. But the general manager that retired, he made sure that the Baltimore Ravens did not have to look for another quarterback for years to come. And yeah, his 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 vision really came into fruition with Lamar Jackson. It really did. It really I, – I am so proud of him and his vision and the way he left the Baltimore Ravens uh, yeah. when it comes to quarterback position because, wow, look at how he has matured. Look how he has, I mean, just come about, man. It's just great stuff. We have just a little bit of time left. We didn't take any commercials tonight. So what I want to do is let's go over real quick, my favorite part of this, uh, I guess you could say, subject of HBCU sports news and updates. Only one HBCU player was taken in the 2023 NFL draft. While several players were taken in the draft, this year's draft, Jackson State kick returner and, and defensive back Isaiah Bolden was the only HBCU player taken in this year's draft, and he was taken in the seventh round. Wow. Are you kidding me, Jamel? Man, I was so – kidding uh, me?
0: Especially at the last
1: I year. Really, I could go really, really deep with this. I could go really, really deep. Um, but I'm afraid that my listeners might think I'm from Mars when I do that. I could go really, really deep, and I don't want my network to think I'm from Mars when I do this, so I'm going to keep it really soft. But my thing is, out of four conferences, again, you're going to tell me nobody's good. Okay. Not only that, you did that before Deion Sanders got at Jackson State. Got a little bit better while he was down, a little bit, not much. But my thing is, just like, let's put it like this. You you set up an a NFL HBCU combine, Jamail Yeah. Do I need to go any further? (laughs) Okay, that's number one. That's number one. My number two is this year's past World Series had no African-American-born players on the teams that were playing. Like I said, I could go really, really deep with it. Because we're gonna go by what we see and what we hear. Yeah. And they're already fading out Black history or history of African Americans in the schools. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yeah. but, but look at what you see. I'm, I'm gonna leave it right there. That's I'm gonna leave it right there. I'm gonna. Yeah. i What they say? I'm gonna let that sit right there. <laughs> yeah, let it. Let him, later. But go ahead. Go let ahead. it
0: marinate. I just, I just said let yeah, you know, let, let it, it marinate. marinate. Let it. Uh, yeah, let the let it for a while Think about that.
1: Because, yeah. Because all because when you when you put it all together, we can sit here and pretend all we want to, and, and we're gonna have some great shows on this one. We can sit here and pretend. <laughs> Let's. Let's pretend hey man, it has got hey man, it is what it is and um you know you know, they created an NFL HBCU combine for them to pick the best. But yeah. yet you only found one. Wow, really? Kennesaw State right here in Kennesaw, Georgia, which is right outside Atlanta they had their first NFL draftee. His name, his name is Trey Bale. He's going to the Chicago Bears. They've been in existence. Kansas State football team been in existence about four years, maybe five years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: These HBCUs have been in existence, what, 100, 100 years? They've been in business 100 years. Yeah. Built your league. Again, I'm going to let it marinate. I'm not going to go there because, you know, they, you know people start saying that you're just that and the other, so I'm going to leave that there. Um, while these players weren't drafted, they were also assigned as undrafted free agents for the upcoming season. These players include Isaiah Land from and Dallas Cowboys. Jackson State's Aubrey Miller, who signed with the Miami Dolphins, and Marcus Hopine Bluff. Mark Evans, who signed with the New Orleans Saints. I'm going to move on from football because of time constraints that we have here. Um, In the Legacy Bowl, the HBCU Legacy Bowl, several of those are signed uh, as undrafted. So they want to sign them as undrafted. Now, you can get signed as an undrafted. You get in and get into. You know. You know. I don't know if you heard me say this uh, uh, quite a bit, but I've said this before. You uh, were a co-host on the show. That everything changes when you get to summer camp.
0: Yeah.
1: All this stuff on paper, things change when we put those pads on. Am I correct?
0: Yeah, that's a totally different.
1: And it's 95 degrees outside. <laughs> yeah,
0: that that's what turns boys into men.
1: Exactly. So we're gonna see what summer camp, you know, a lot of these undrafted and all this, that, and the other, and the ones you draft, and ah ah, ah We're gonna see what happens. Um, but I, and that's what I'm always eager to see, you know, when summer camp rolls around, uh, and see what's really going on. But time constraints, we're gonna jump. So we're still in the HBC Sports News and updates. The 18th field for the 2023 Black College World Series has been announced. Small schools um, were selected, four from Division II and four from the NAIA. Among these schools are Albany State, Savannah State, Bluefield State, Edward Waters, Miles College, Talladega College, Russ College, Wiley College, and Payne College. So those that is your – HBCU Sports News and Updates up to the minute right now. We already know about the uh, NBA playoffs that are coming up. We've got 76ers versus Celtics, Miami Heat versus New York Knicks, Austin's and the Lakers versus the Warriors, Denver Nuggets versus Phoenix Suns. Of course, I am a LeBron fan. Now that they're in the playoffs, they didn't make it um, too far last year. But this year, nobody thought they'd even be this far. Nobody. Uh, All star break, they start to turn things around. The Lakers here they are in the second round, and I really do hope they beat the Warriors because of the fact that uh, I am a Steph Curry fan. I love Steph Curry. I love his his work ethic. He has a very good work ethic in the off season. Um, but you know, I just hope the Lakers can pull it out um, in, in that series. I'm going to go series, and you tell me who you like: Philadelphia Sixers and Boston Celtics. Who do you like? I really this is the, I really liked Boston
0: before uh, this past game, but that yeah. first game in that series without Joel Embiid <laughs> and James Harden went off. Um, I think I think I got to go Philadelphia 76ers. I, I wasn't too sure. Obviously, they swept the Nets in the first round. Um, I believe it was the only sweep in the first round. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but. Philadelphia swept the Nets in the first round, and then they came, you know, they had a lot of rest coming into Boston. But over the years, I haven't really been that sold on Philadelphia because of their history, um, losing a lot in the playoffs. But this year, I think they're really, really dialed in, and they really want to – you have a lot of players on the team that want to win a championship. They want to win so bad. James Harden, I think that was his his message to the NBA. Like, I'm here. I'm ready to win a championship because – I mean, he's in the league for a long time, a long time, and he's been he's been scoring and you know being a facilitator. He's been he's become a better facilitator. I feel like with the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, they don't need his scoring as much because Joel's there. But I feel like that I feel like that is opening up for him to become a better uh, facilitator as well. Uh, so I think I don't I think I gotta go with Philadelphia this series because if Boston doesn't if Boston does not get it together and win um, this next this next game i think they're going to lose this series because Well, i don't feel like boston they want, they went to the the finals last year lost to golden state lost to golden state um, but i don't feel like they wanted enough because especially in the hawks game in the, in the hawks series they should have swept us they should have swept the, the hawks exactly. and they Thank you. what they yeah what they they should have swept them and because the they gave the hawks way too much confidence way too much uh, wiggle room, and they, yep. the Hawks ended up pushing them to a game six, almost a game seven. They, the Boston needed a really, really good fourth quarter uh, to, to come out on top in that game, and they still I mean, they still almost lost in the overtime. I think it was Boston likes to play around too much, and when it's crunch time, you know, sometimes they can get it together, but a lot of times they can't. With Philadelphia, they're not going to be able to do the same thing that they did with the Atlanta Hawks. With the Philadelphia 76ers. they're going to need to buckle down, win this next game uh, at the Garden, and then at least I think I think probably win both of the games in Philadelphia. But I don't th- I, I I don't know I don't think it's going to be able to be possible because Philadelphia is just that good, and they get Joel back. Uh, man, I don't yeah I, I think I just got Philly in this one.
1: <laughs> hey man, hey man. Uh, last year, Boston had you darker as the coach. Yeah, you know. Uh, I'm going to say it again. I'm, I, that's all I can say. Last year they had Udaka as the coach, and it shows now because they had a whole lot of problems with Atlanta. Come on. Yeah. You know, uh, congratulations to Coach Udaka. They, uh, the Houston organization just hired him as their head coach for the Rockets. He's a very good coach. I'm not going to get into nothing else. He's a very good coach. Uh, Miami Heat versus New York Knicks, uh, we got about 10 minutes.
0: I think I'm gonna go with Miami Heat for this one. Jimmy Butler is just, you know, he's just insane uh, coming in, <laughs> he and dropping. Insane, I mean, dropping funny. 50. Yeah, to close out against. I mean, the number one seed, Milwaukee Bucks. Um, I mean, and, and the Bucks were a lot of people's favorite to win in all this year again, um, and they have a really, really good team. And I believe they didn't have they didn't have for a game, which is you know Miami was able to come in and and win that one, um, but. Jimmy Butler, uh, he's not playing tonight. I don't know if they're on right now or not, but they're he's not playing tonight, but if they're able to win tonight, I think they go ahead and win the series. New York, this is, you know, as far as New York has gone in, in a long time, and New York is actually, they're getting back to how they used to be. They're getting back to being good again, um, it's like how they were in the 90s and 70s. They're getting back to being good again, uh, but I think they need a lot still to, I think they need a lot still to go uh, with their team. They don't really have, I feel like a a real one player that you know on a given night is going to go for 25, 30. They don't really have yeah. that. They have players that are going to go for 15 to 20, maybe 25 to 20, or for 20 to 25. But once you start getting into that threshold of 25 to 30, and you've got one player that you know is going to be able to put that up for you, um, I think that's when you really get in the conversation of being uh, one of the, the better teams in the league. Because Julius, Julius Randle, that He is that player for them right now, but he's very, very inconsistent. Um, and in the playoffs, yeah. you can't be inconsistent. You've got to be on it from jump. you got to right. be on it in the playoffs. There's very, very little room uh, for, for a misstep in the playoffs. So I think uh, with this Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler has had a, a lot of experience in the playoffs, been to the finals. Uh, I think Jimmy Butler, because of his experience and because of his ability to come in and just shut out you know opponents, um, I think, and just, you know, just go ballistic and not miss, I think that's that's what's going to separate this and the Miami Heat are going to win.
1: Good work ethic in the offseason also. Lakers versus Golden State, real quick.
0: Yeah, I think I got Lakers in this one. I mean, the rivalry is now being revived. This this time it's in the West. Um, you know, I mean, we used to see them all in the final or see LeBron and uh, Steph, Clay, Draymond in the finals uh, for, I believe, what, three, four years straight. But um, now it is revived in the West, and we're seeing it in the semifinals. But I think I got the Lakers this time around. Golden State struggled with Sacramento, and I I feel like they shouldn't have struggled with Sacramento, honestly. Um, I feel like they were the better team from jump, but because Sacramento had that, they just had that young fire in them. Um, Golden State's a little older, been around a a lot longer. I feel like they were able to kind of take it, you know, to a game seven with them. But I feel like the whole time Golden State was the better team. Uh, Steph, I feel like he's going to be have to come in and score 30 a game for this this series. But the Lakers, um, that that team, the, the team chemistry they have with D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Davis finally getting you know back how he used to be. LeBron James, obviously, nothing really needs to be said about him. Austin Reeves is actually a really really good addition too, and he was a really a good surprise coming in. So I think the Lakers, because of their team chemistry, I think I got the Lakers.
1: Denver Nuggets versus Phoenix Suns. Keep in mind we got a we got a different Durant playing. Yeah, uh, this, I feel like this is the
0: one that's kind of a toss up for me, but I do think the Nuggets are gonna go ahead and pull it out uh, because the Nuggets' their offense is just very very hard to stop. Uh, they have a lot of well, good playmakers and a lot of good scores. And with Nikola Jokic being able to facilitate, I mean, he can he can facilitate from anywhere on the floor. He doesn't need to be coming up to the court to be able to see. He doesn't need to be, um, you know, down in the paint, kicking it out to see. He can literally facilitate from everywhere. He knows the floor like the back of his hand. And I think that is going to be the separating factor. Phoenix has been here before a couple of times. Um, and, yeah, they just don't, you know, they just don't look like, they're ready to, to win it all, um, and I, yeah, I feel like DeAndre Ayton also is going to be the weak spot for the Phoenix Suns because when we talk about, you know, complete, real, bona fide centers, I don't think DeAndre Deandre Ayton is that for the Phoenix Suns. I feel like they need a real, real center in there that's going to give you, you know, 13, 14 rebounds a game. He might be able to give you that. He might be able – he might not be, but if he gives you – you know, rebounds, he's not going to give you points. If he gives you points, he's not going to give you rebounds. It's kind of like one or the other with him. Uh, so, with DeAndre Ayan, I think, like I said, I think that's going to be the weak spot. Other than that, I feel like the Phoenix Suns are really good, but in terms of just rebounding and being able to get out on the break, I think that's going to be a hard, hard uh, thing for them to overcome with the Denver Nuggets. So, I got the Nuggets.
1: I got the Nuggets also. And, Jamal, you would not believe how many players I've seen coming to the NBA and give you a lot of points and give you no defense. Yeah. They're not going to play no defense. Uh, at one time, Dirt and the Whiskey was like that, man. He'd give you 32 points. He's not going to give you no deal. he will come down and let that height, he was already seven feet. he come down and let that height just, you know, be his height. That's his defense. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it so many times. But, buddy, when they get ready to go back on offense, oh, my God. Yeah, oh he's God. there. To, he's now, there to you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But <laughs> so when you said that, man, I've seen a lot of players do that, man. A lot of. Them. Um, but any hey, hey man, real quick I wanted to mention something. Uh the Atlanta Falcons selected Bijan Robinson on the eighth overall pick in the NFL draft Many Fans will split on this pick. Um I'm I am i I'm good with that pick. Um uh, uh, I, I do think they could have got Jalen Carter though. He was sitting there. Yeah, he was yeah, sitting he was there. You know, he was sitting there, man. You know, why not strengthen your defense? What are you doing? But that's just me. That's just me, uh, listeners. That's just Travis. Don't worry about it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was traded to the New York Jets before the draft, and it comes several months of speculation of him potentially leaving the Packers. And with Aaron Rodgers now the quarterback, um, you know, uh, the just a contender, nah, maybe, maybe, He's 39 years old, what is his – what is this percentage of uh, getting out of trouble? Very low. <laughs> Very low. What? Very low, yeah. Uh, we got to see. Summer camp's coming up. Season's coming up. Let's see. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles selected the many University of Georgia players in the draft, including Georgia's Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith. Hey, man, somebody just got smart with Philadelphia. Let's just put it all in a nutshell. You know, they, Georgia's got – Defense in the last three years, the last two years, they've won the national championship. You know, yeah. And they were like, "Hey, man, let's just load them up with some national championship defenders. Why not?" Yeah. <laughs> Why not?
0: It's, yeah, it's like Philadelphia. I mean, during the draft, it seems like Philadelphia was the only team that was smart enough to look at Georgia's defense and see all the exactly. talent, there and was like, "Okay, yeah, we need to get some of this talent." And now, I mean. It's basically all on the Philadelphia Eagles. Their whole defense uh, is, is all on the Philadelphia Eagles. And the, the thing about Philadelphia is that they lost a couple of players um, after their, like this last season. So during the offseason, a lot of people were speculating, okay, are they going to be, you know, the same team that we saw next year? Obviously their offense is going to be their offense, but their defense is really what stood out last year and how good their defense was. Uh, but this next season, now with them getting – Nolan Smith, Jaylen and some of the other uh, players that were on that Georgia defense—that really is now revitalizing their defense um, and kind of shutting up those rumors a little bit, uh, because they're like, okay, you know, we got rid of some of the, some of the guys, you know, let some of the guys go, but now, okay, we're bringing in a whole nother group of players who just won back-to-back national championships. Uh, <laughs> and you can't, you, you know, you can't argue with that. And like I said, it you just seems like Philadelphia. Yeah, it just seems like but, Philadelphia was. Was the only team that was smart enough to do that? Like you said, Jalen Carter was sitting there, just sitting, sitting there it. when the Falcons. Yeah, he, I mean, he wow. almost slipped out of the. He almost slipped out of the top ten, uh, and wow. obviously, you know, obviously he had his his legal legal troubles and everything like that. I mean, he yeah. you know turned himself in, issued his apologies and everything like that. But obviously, I feel like when you're looking at draft and you you looking at younger players. Young young players make mistakes all the time. I mean, this guy was celebrating, I mean, this, this guy was celebrating, you know, national championship, winning back-to-back national championships at that. Um, and, then, wow. unfortunately, you know, things happen the way they happen. Uh, people, you know, ended up, you know, becoming – or people ended up dying from the street racing incident that happened. Uh, but, you know, young players especially make mistakes all of the time. I mean, all sometimes the- it's bigger. Yeah, sometimes it's bigger than others. Sometimes it's lesser. Than uh than some some somebody else might be, but I guarantee if you had, you know all the the veteran players in the NFL, they can tell you at least one or two things that they did that you know that they look back and be like you know I probably shouldn't have done that. Um, and that's that's something that well, Jalen Carter is going to have to is going to think about later. Like you know I shouldn't have done that. Uh, that was stupid. Well, I'm never going to do it again though. Um, but. It,
1: it, 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 and anybody that's walking in the shoe has done that. So, um, yeah, yeah. you know. So it, 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 that goes to everybody, and I understand that. Real quick, uh, I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan, so I really, you know, I'm really feeling some kind of way with the Philadelphia Eagles doing that. But I, I, I just applaud their smartness on that one. I applaud that, and they, and they're gonna let them grow together, you know, the next four years, man, because they're gonna be four year contracts everywhere on those young guys. And yeah. they're gonna bring a winning they're gonna bring a winning mentality to that defense. Period. You, you know So they're winners.
0: They've you know. Yeah.
1: Right. Um uh, I, I didn't mean to dog the Jets and we're gonna go after this. I didn't mean to dog them because you already know uh uh, uh I like to see odd teams come up, am I correct? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so the Jets might come up, I, 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 and then I hope they do, but, you know, you still got a 39-year-old, and when it gets, hey, amen, the Philadelphia Eagles just got young on defense, so do you think that 39-year-old's going to outrun that 24-year-old? Nah. <laughs> Not going to happen, but, hey, man, he can get rid of the ball really quick, so. You know, shout out to uh, the Jets and and, and they their thinking. Shout out to the Eagles and their thinking. Um, you know, there was a lot of people thinking, man. Uh we're gonna go ahead and end the show now. We've had a great show and we went totally off the grid and being off the grid, man, we had a great show, man.
0: Yeah. I had a lot of fun. I mean we uh we missed last week. You know, you had you had your trip going on and everything,
1: but like you had a lot of fun, so
0: uh but well, I'm glad we okay. back here this week.
1: I was, the home, I was at the home of the, uh, the 2024 Super Bowl in Las Vegas, and that stadium is magnificent. Yeah, it looked really, really nice with the pictures. It, it is really futuristic. If you ever get a chance to go out to Las Vegas, you've got to see this new stadium. Matter of fact, you can't help but see it because it's going to be all on all the roadways for you to see it. Look at this, for myself and Jamel, I want everybody to be safe and and keep on balling. Just keep balling. This is sports talk yep. Atlanta.